Well, as uh, Aretha has, has deemed this our week, you know, you, uh, you know, you ever have those kind of times when it really is, you know, it's just, it's your day, you know, it's your week, e- everything is, is clicking, you know, the answers are just flowing, the, the things are just falling into their right space, you, you know, you, re- you remember those, those particular times, those mountaintops experiences that you just don't want to end. You know, I uh, play basketball regularly, and those kind of days happen about every two or three years um, <laughs> because I'm just not that good of a basketball player, but it's fun, and it gives great uh, exercise. And every once in a while, like I said, every two to three years, every shot just falls. And so in those days, I'm like the last one off the floor. Come on, let's, let's keep playing. You know, and if I were a gambler, then I'd be going to play in the slots because it was just that kind of day. I think ultimately what we're going to look at in terms of depending on the Holy Spirit in our life is that kind of realization of that day every day, of depending on on the Holy Spirit, and bearing the fruit of the Spirit within us of love, joy, and peace. In a sense, regardless of whether the shots are falling or not. Because my dependence is not on if the ball goes through the hoop. My dependence is on the reality of the presence of God in my life today, in the reality of Jesus' death and resurrection, and his impending return. That is the good news. Whether the shots go in the hoop or not. And so as we grow into, live into the dependence, our dependence on God's Holy Spirit, then as we see, as we walk through this, then the Spirit will bear fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, and beyond. Let's uh, pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your written word. Speak to us this day, for we want to live in the fullness of your Holy Spirit. We, we want our lives to be characterized by love, joy, and peace that comes only from you, that is secured in you. Speak to us. Open our ears, open our hearts to receive from you. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. All right, our opening passage is in John chapter 7, starting on verse 37. And we'll walk through a couple passages today. This is on page 869 in your pew Bible. You can turn there or you can turn to whatever electronic form Um, of the Bible you have with you, or you can just follow along on the screen. Now, now what's uh, happening here is is Jesus is, uh, it's the last day, and you'll see this in the passage, the last day of a a big feast, the Feast of Booze, and this is the the great day of this feast, of, of this festival. And so Jesus is gathering with everybody that's been celebrating together, and now um, Jesus is giving them, in a sense, trying to take advantage of that opportunity to speak to uh, um, that crowd at this festival. All right, uh, chapter 7, verse 37. 
On the last day of the festival, the great day, while Jesus was standing there, he cried out, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the Spirit, which believers in him were to receive. For as yet there was no Spirit, because Jesus was not yet glorified. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so this is the great day of the festival, you know, the, the last day, the, the, the big shebang at the end. The, the party is about to be over, and so Jesus is gathering with all the group. And you know what happens, you know, at that last day of the party, right? You know, you, you're, you've had that high, you know, you, you've, you, you've had that, that buzz going, and you want to keep it. Yeah, you want to keep that high, right? I mean, it's like, I want to stay. I don't want to, want to go. And, and Jesus is gathering, I think, taking advantage of that kind of opportunity and saying, All right, you, you really want life to be full? You want that abundant life that Jesus promised? You want that life in the Spirit, life with God? Well, then come to me. You want that water that you drink from, from which you, that if you do, you'll never thirst again. You want that, that living water. You want to have a, that stream of living water flowing from within you. Then come to me. And, and what's implied by the passage, and the Holy Spirit will come into you. And you'll, you'll have that, that buzz of the fullness of life without the hangover the next day. Yeah, it, it will be one that will come from that which is, does not have the law of diminishing returns. Which any physical element that brings us that buzz does. And what Jesus is talking about, and what John has sort of given us a few extra comments here. Because he's, he's talking about the Holy Spirit coming upon them. I remember a couple weeks ago when we had the uh, privilege of keeping the Interfaith Hospitality Network, which is when we have uh, families um, uh, from uh, the, the city who come and they, they um, stay in the, in the church. They, they find themselves homeless and they stay in the church. And uh, we were um, spending the night with them the first um, night they were here and uh, talking with one of the, the gentlemen, we'll call him Mark, it's not his name, but Mark shared with us, just around the table, a couple of us, that the week earlier he had come to Christ. That he had heard the good news that God loved him, had forgiven him in Jesus, and was ready to lead him into the fullness of life. And he accepted that. And he took Jesus by the hand and he, and he shared with us, even though he's trying to raise two children on his own, mom's not around. He said, I've never experienced such peace in all my life. And all that was necessary for, for, for him to, to care for his children. He's worrying about his children, worrying about his work. I mean, he's not in, 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 a, in a home at, at that particular time. The anger towards where the mother of his children is. You know, all of those things he, he was able to name and just set aside. Put them in his Savior's hand. You know, it's that 
kind of peace that the living water brings within us. Now let's, let's talk just a little bit about the Holy Spirit and what, what exactly does John mean here when he gives a, a little extra word here. That, well, what Jesus is talking about is Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit hadn't come yet. In a, a, a real sort of broad, it's a little bit of an overgeneralization, but it, sort of, it still works largely that God is triune, you know, three persons, one God. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. At the end of every service, I mean, I speak about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit because that's the, the nature of, of God. And, and in a sense, if you look at the broad stroke of history uh, and from the Scriptures, the Old Testament, you know, from Genesis all the way to Malachi, you know, that's in a sense the age of God the Father. That the, the person who, of the triune God that was mostly connecting with God, revealing God's self to, to us and working among us was God the Father. And then in the age of, of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the New Testament, that in a sense is the age of God the Son. In, in that day that, that God was revealing himself by becoming a human and living among us. That's the age of the sun. And then on Pentecost Day, the day we, we celebrate um, today, in Acts chapter 2, is when the folks that had been following Jesus were hanging out in this upper room. It was in a prayer meeting. It was, about, it was just 120 people. It was all the, the church was. And Jesus had, had, had died. He'd been raised. He'd been hanging out with them for about 40 days. And then Jesus ascended into heaven. And he told them all along, I've got to go so that the Advocate can come, so that the Holy Spirit can come. And so Jesus left, and the church, the 120 strong, that was it, gathered in the upper room until the Holy Spirit came upon them. And then the explosion of the church moving out of the upper room to the uttermost parts of the earth has been continuing ever since. So today, we live in the age of the Spirit. That God dwells among us as He dwells in us who are believers through the presence of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and me and everyone who claims Jesus Christ as Lord. So what John was pointing to as through Jesus' words was that this stream of living water is a, another metaphor for the existence and presence and power of the Holy Spirit inside everyone who follows Jesus. And so the one who, who is the power and presence of God within us will bear fruit within every one of us of love, joy, peace, and beyond. Let's look at Ephesians uh, chapter 5. And this, this highlights as well um, that how the, the, the Spirit is to, to fill us, um, to guide us, to lead us into the life to, life to the full. It's Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, and we'll go through verse 20. Do not get drunk with wine, for, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, 
As you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And a couple things from this particular passage. One, this is really our prayer, our 777 prayer that we've been praying. This week, the, the focus is on fill me with your Holy Spirit. I mean, that's fill us with your Holy Spirit. That is our desire. That's our longing. Well, it's not a it's sort of a nice little another metaphor. You can sort of see it as a, uh, liquid as well. And you know, sort of take the top off and fill us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. But he gives us also a little insight here, Paul does, in saying what that means is that we're controlled by the Holy Spirit. Because if you take the top off and fill it with alcohol, then that means you're controlled by that alcohol. And he's saying, don't do that. Don't be controlled. That Be controlled by the work of the Holy Spirit in you and through you and among you. Yeah, and the other thing that this, this shows is that you know, we, we have this longing. Everyone, I believe, has this longing to, to live into the lo- love and joy and peace of the Holy Spirit. We, we long to live how God created us to live. And yet... We misdiagnose the problem. And therefore, we misdiagnose the remedy. We think it's a physical problem when really it's spiritual. It's our walk with God. I was talking with some doctor friends, part of the congregation, and saying, you know, what's an illustration of this? A physical illustration in our own bodies. And and, uh, one of the uh, thoughts was, yeah, it's sort of like the thyroid gland. You know, you have a thyroid. I barely knew how to spell it. Certainly don't know where it is and didn't really know what it did. I don't ever tell it to do anything. You know, I, I don't speak to it. I don't hear from it. You know, I mean... That I know of, that uh, it's, but evidently the thyroid is there and it's essential. That evidently the thyroid's the, that which sort of controls our energy level. Fancy word metabolism. But, but you know, it's sort of like the accelerator. You know, it, it, it pushes things in when we need to be higher energy and it sort of lets it off when we need to uh, set energy back. And what happens when the thyroid doesn't work like it's supposed to, then it shows itself in our lives in a variety of ways. Yeah, you know, there's, there's no signal to the brain that tells us the thyroid is wrong, you know, get it going, or whatever it is. I don't know, whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> the thyroid, though, when it goes bad, it shows itself in our lives in that we become listless. Uh, we, we gain weight. Uh, we get cold physically um, a lot. Um, uh, we get depressed. And uh, we get constipated. And other things. And, and what happens is, uh, the doctor was telling me, what happens is people try to self-medicate. They try to treat it. They figure, you know, well, I'm tired. That must mean I need sleep. And that doesn't work. Well, you know, I'm gaining weight. I must need to go exercise. I've got to change my diet. I've got to take laxative. I've got to go get the therapy. And, you know, all those things, you know, are largely good stuff to do. But the problem is that we're misdiagnosed. The issue 
and we're trying to treat it with things that really don't address the thyroid. And how that happens with us in life, seeking the fullness of life, seeking that, that love, joy, peace, and beyond that, that the Spirit bears in us. We, we seek to address those with all kinds of good things. You know, all kinds of, of good things, but we use them inappropriately, thinking those are the answer to life and life to the full. When really, what Jesus calls us to, what Paul calls us to, is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And there, in Him and through Him, we will find that love and joy and peace that God has promised for us. Galatians 5, 22 through 23, really sort of sets this up for us. Another time that Paul is speaking to the church in um, Galatia. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. I love here the, the metaphor of fruit. That, that as we pray, God fill us with your spirit. And as we cooperate with the spirit, then the fruit of God's spirit will show itself in all of us who seek to follow Jesus. That then our lives are characterized by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, generosity, faithfulness, and self-control. Well, I don't know anybody that would read that list and say, yeah, I, I want that. You know, and I want that for you. you know, and, and we want that for one another. We want that to characterize our lives. All right, well, then how does that work? How, how do we then, we're praying, God, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Well, what do we got to do? How, how do we put ourselves in the position of letting the Holy Spirit work through us then in that way? Well, it's really... Nothing earth-shattering here. And there's, there's really nothing that I'm going to tell you right now that you, know, you haven't heard me and others tell you over and over and over again. But it doesn't make it any less true or real in, in our lives. You know, what, is, what is necessary in our lives it usually is the most mundane, right? I mean... We breathe oxygen every day, and it's absolutely necessary. And then really the only time you don't realize the oxygen isn't there is when you don't have it. And then you realize just how necessary it is. So, but in e each time in the Scripture, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, there were a few things that, in, in different situations, different things that God's people were doing to prepare themselves, set themselves up to receive and be filled be controlled and guided with the Holy Spirit. First and foremost is the, the real question of do you really want to be? 
You know, do, do, do you really want to be? Do we really want to be filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit in all of life? Or is it nice just for the Holy Spirit to sort of be um, a, uh, a power drink, a Red Bull? You know, can, can we just sort of we'll just keep the Holy Spirit there, and when I really need that pick-me-up, then I'll pop the tab, and I'll drink the Holy Spirit. Or do we really want the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us in the fullness of life? And, you know, and if you're like me, then usually I don't start there. I have to start with the first question, which is, okay, yeah, maybe I don't really want to be because I like being in control of my own life. Yeah, so, but Lord, help me want to want to be. Help me want to want you. Help me help me. Want to want you to be the one that's leading me and in control of my life. So that when I hear your voice, when, when I read your word, and it tells me that I'm doing something I'm not supposed to, that therefore I obey you and I stop doing it or I get help to stop doing it. So that's really the, the first point. I told you, it's not, not rocket science here. Secondly, the other thing that happened is that when the Holy Spirit came upon God's people, it was because they, or it was when they were gathered together in some kind of gathering that uh, glorified God. In Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, it was a prayer meeting. Yeah, they were there praying together and the Spirit came upon them. In the Ephesians passage that we looked at, the, the, the Spirit came upon them, um, and, and they, as they were singing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs to one another, and giving thanks to God, I mean, it was a, a gathering of worship. Or when God's people were gathered studying His Word together. You know, the, those kind of, of settings, the Spirit came upon them you know, together. Individually, as well, the Spirit came upon God's people when they were studying the Scriptures. John, chapter 14, verse 26, Karen read from it earlier in the day, this beginning of the service. But John 14 is a lot of Jesus talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And this is what he says on the screen. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Now, in, in John's day, in Jesus' day, I mean, that was literal. I mean, Jesus had been with them, and the Spirit was going to be in them, and it's going to speak to them, reminding them, no, remember what Jesus said? And, and I think the same principle applies for us today, though. But it's really good that the Spirit doesn't create that. The Spirit will give you a, a new word. No, the Spirit will remind you of all that I have said to you. So we have to be in the Scriptures. I mean, we've got to be in the written Word of God because then that gives the, in the grist for the mill for the Holy Spirit to then remind us in the everyday flow of life. He uses that to speak to us. 
Because God, if God is anything, God is consistent. God is consistent with his word. And so we need to be reading the scriptures individually and together so that that then gives information for the Holy Spirit to draw to mind in all of life. And then finally, um, then we have to obey. And as we hear and obey, then the, the, the fullness of the Spirit flows through us. Again, Jesus in John chapter 14, just a few passages before that. Uh, John verse 23, 14, 23. Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Just a, another picture of the Holy Spirit. It's how... Uh, God the Father and the Son live in us as we hear the word and obey it. As we gather together in, in prayer, in, in worship, and gathering around the scriptures, it's, it's your expectation there that that's for the Holy Spirit. So where the Holy Spirit meets with us and guides us and, and fills us. As we, we study the Scripture, that, think about that being the basic material that the Spirit will use as He walks with us in all of life. So that we hear and obey and, and watch the fruit be born. So that our, our lives indeed are characterized by the fullness of the Spirit within us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. The fruit of the Spirit born in us. As you're praying this week, as you're praying, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Be aware of how God's Spirit may be speaking to you of ways that we hinder God's Spirit within us. He may be bringing to mind ways that we're disobeying. And it reminds us and empowers us then to act on that. Also pray with an expectation. That as we gather with the scriptures, as we gather with other believers in fellowships, small groups, big groups, worship, that the Spirit indeed would fill us. That we would experience the reality of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. So that we might bear the fruit for our own encouragement, the encouragement of one another, and as a witness to the world. Amen.